My name is Jeff Perica Jr. I am an account manager with Data Tech Cafe. When it comes to communication between the four walls of your organization, but also externally, you know, with your clients, how do you overcome the day-to-day struggles and obstacles of streamlining that across the board from A to Z? Welcome to the Strong and Six podcast. Are you feeling stuck in your business? Every growing business hits the ceiling at some point. Getting stronger in the six key components of a successful business will help you break through. I'm Sue Hawks, and I've been an EOS implementer for the past 11 years, and I began in business in the fifth grade. So we're going to talk about the traction component. It's where discipline, focus, and accountability resides, and it helps you flow communication up, down, and across your organization to help you manage and keep your circles connected with your people and your business. So let's call Mary Jane Crocker. She's the executive vice president and COO of Bridgewater Bank. I can't think of anyone who's done a more meticulous job of getting this within their business. Mary Jane speaking. Hi, Mary Jane. It's Sue Hawks. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. How have you been since I last saw you? Oh, good. I yeah. just got back from doing grandparenting for a weekend and so flew back in at noon today. It was fun. We're going to talk about the traction component, which really is about how you keep your meetings on track and run really effective, tight, amazing meetings to keep those circles connected and keep everyone in a 90-day world. Our 90-day cadence is critical for combating chaos. It removes overwhelm. It gets your business back on track. And this is why Jess is saying, huh, how does all that work? So I asked Mary Jane and really, truly let her tell us how masterfully she does this within her company. It's funny because when I talk about traction of people, I always talk about the cadence. And that cadence, I think, is really important just because... You know, you do strategic planning kind of on an annual basis, but if you're using EOS, you're using, you're meeting regularly. Not only are you meeting weekly with your level 10s, but then you're meeting one-on-one with your folks that you're, you know, that are your direct reports. Mm-hmm. And then once a quarter getting together as a team to talk about, you know, the things that were going to be important throughout the course of the year. What have we already accomplished and what do we need to flex or pivot for for the next 90 days? By the way, if you're not familiar with an L10 or a level 10 meeting, it's a Jim Collins phrase referring to the top of the food chain, great kind of meeting on a scale of one to 10, it'd be a 10 every time you get together. And as we get closer and closer and closer to that 90 day meeting, we find ourselves getting less engaged. We find ourselves getting kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, the motions, but you're not necessarily raising some of the issues that you could be raising. And you're getting a little bit less enthusiastic about what you're doing. And then we do our offsite and we all come back all reinvigorated and ready to go again. So I think that's been a big part of, I think why we've been successful is because of that cadence. 
Well, I love what you're saying about it because did you guys find out through trial and error? Did you get a little wonky at any point where you were out of cadence to find out just how important it was? Or were you always model citizens? <laughs> no, we're not model citizens. <laughs> um, I think at the very beginning, we worked on, you know, we worked with Peyton and we were very regimented. And then we thought, oh, you know, we can do this on our own. You know, we don't need an outside facilitator to help us with this. We got this. And we tried one meeting, like what we, our VTO meeting, we tried one of them and it was awful. I mean, we couldn't hold ourselves accountable the same way that Peyton <laughs> holds us accountable. And we weren't calling each other out and we weren't like the rock if it was really done or wasn't really done. And so it got, you know, it's, I think it was, there was just less accountability. So we've continued. I mean, we've been doing it for 12 years and we've never missed since that one time. But so, I, you know, thank you for being honest and vulnerable about that because I think so many people think, oh, well, we'll just do it on our own. But I love that accountability piece. Some teams just don't want to have to facilitate while they also are asking the hard questions. Well, yeah, and I think, too, the larger we get, the more concentrated we all get in our own individual ex areas of expertise. Yeah. And so it gets more and more difficult to question this, you know, are you going to question the CFO on whether or not he really got that rock done? Or are you going to kind of let him have a pass? And I think if you let him have the pass, then the, you know, the rest of the organization suffers because they also see that there's a lack of credibility there. So I think having an outside person who's asking the hard questions and making sure your to-do is really to-done is really, really important you know, as the organization watches you and, and make sure that the accountability is truly there and the transparency that you're sharing is actually what you're seeing is what we're, we're saying. You talked about this beautiful transparency that you guys have really worked out where it's like if we've gone a different direction, we communicate that. So you're clearly accountable to the company and the company to you. And so that transparency and sharing that and really having an honest, open, vulnerable conversation, because sometimes that's uncomfortable, I imagine. Um, mm -hmm. Can you speak a little bit to that? Because I know for a lot of companies, the transparency piece is very difficult to get their arms around. Yeah. So, and we're also publicly traded. So when we became a publicly traded organization back in 2018, the transparency element was really, it was confusing for us because all of a sudden our quarter, our quarters and our financials at our quarters, we couldn't really release them. And so we were a little bit, we had to become a little bit more disciplined in when we had, uh, when we released information. And so we were a little bit apprehensive about how does that mirror with the traction model. But we were able to still keep, stay on track, still stay as transparent, even though the timing may have changed. But what we do as an organization is we, as soon as we come back from our offsite, we share the VTO and all of the, most of the senior leadership team rocks right away with the next level of leadership. And then we, each person in the organization participates in a planning session that mirrors kind of what we do on our one day mm -hmm. VTO sessions. Mm -hmm. So we go through that with every single person in the organization. So the waterfall effect essentially from our offsite or, you know, our quarterly, the waterfall takes about three weeks as we go from 
department to department to department to level to level and explain, reshare the VTO, go through all the core values, let people have an opportunity to share what their issues are, and then have them come up with their rocks at that time. So there's a huge level of transparency in that all, all of that is shared all the way down to the person who sits at the teller line. So that beautiful state of the company is not a one-time event. It's that repetition, repetition. I'm imagining you learn some things as it's waterfalling. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. It's my, it's the, my favorite thing to do because I don't typically talk to the credit analysts, but during this time, you know, I said, I spend three hours with them as we go through, you know, as we go through kind of that whole process that we do with Peyton. I mean, we do it with Peyton for the course of eight hours. I do it with each of the departments, depending on the size of the departments, anywhere between one and a half to three hours. So you have, you lead those all personally and accumulate that. I do. I don't, the company is a little bit big now, so I do about 18. <laughs> we probably have about 28 and I'll do 18. So I don't, still I don't know. Significant Mary Jane. <laughs> It's so significant. It's, it's a huge, it's a huge time commitment, but the insights that you gain from having yeah. that, you know, that kind of audience is just amazing. Well, kudos to you for the great leadership. Um, and really, I appreciate you making this so crystal clear. This model works incredibly well for growing and scaling companies because as Mary Jane said, it allows you to see into the future and prioritize where you need help, where your capacity might be tapped or strained and really pay attention to when it does get pushed, when people are putting in too many hours, we can start to say there's a seat being born and that avoids the burnout that comes with just work harder. We actually work smarter. I am a firm believer in all of the discipline that comes with the traction model. I think it's, it's allowed us to be incredibly successful. And I think it's allowed us to be consistent in what we do. And, you know, when everybody in the organization is in the same kind of meeting, I think there's real camaraderie around that. And I think there's a, it helps with the, the idea that there's a hierarchy just because, if the leadership team is doing the exact same level 10 meeting and following the same agenda that they're doing in the branches, I mean, there's something about being part of a team that's doing that. Okay, what Mary Jane just said captures it perfectly. When we're all consistent and disciplined in both the structure of the meeting, but also that we know how to run that kind of meeting and be effective, succession planning's baked in. And this is really the two key parts. You have to be consistent and you have to be disciplined no matter what part of the organization you sit in. That leads me to call Kelly Knight. Kelly Knight is a good friend and she's the president and integrator for EOS Worldwide. And I will tell you, if anyone can tell you why this matters, she can because she's got to keep all of us in line. Oh, now it's ringing. Hello. There you go. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. Yeah. Happy Monday. 
I wanted to get Kelly's take on why cadence matters so much, because if there is a company that is growing and scaling at a fire space, that is EOS worldwide. My big question for you, Kelly Knight, is, you know, EOS worldwide is quickly growing and you've done this navigating a pandemic, franchising, infinite twists and turns. It has not been your conventional last two years. It has to be pretty complex right now. Can you talk about the meeting cadences and how you've handled all that? It is is certainly a journey here at EOS. I've I've been the integrator for six years and every single year there's a set of really exciting things that we're working on. And and that definitely creates some complexity and there's innovation happening. And so in the midst of all of that, all of it, we run on EOS. And so we certainly have our 90-day world where within those 90 days we could become frayed and feel like we're not on the same page and not all arrows pointing in the same direction, but that becomes exacerbated with lots of change that might be happening mm-hmm. in an organization like ours. And I know there's lots of listeners who may feel that very same way. And so as the visionary integrator of the organization, Mark and I are, are 100% laser focused on making sure that we're keeping those circles connected. He and I, we meet for a same page meeting every single Monday for 90 minutes. And then also once per month, we have a working on the business for our brainstorming. And so that we find really helps uh, he and I kick things off and make sure we're leading with intention here in the U.S. And then, of course, you know, we've got our level 10s, which we're super disciplined. That's every Monday for 90 minutes. Quarterly conversations are really required. I have extended my quarterly conversations. At one time, they were about an hour, and we're doing about 90 minutes right now. And then it's our quarterlies and annuals. But, you know, there are times that in the middle of a quarter, we are running so hard and so fast, and we're feeling frayed a little sooner than the 90 days. And we will have sometimes an all-day IBS or working session just to really make sure that we're getting unstuck or preventing ourselves from getting unstuck. And that's been really helpful. So it's also just about prioritizing what really matters to you. And are you taking good care of those people in your in your circle, all the stakeholders? Are they well being well-served? And so that might just mean there's more meetings or working sessions to just do the right thing. So I love all of what you said. Could you share with everyone, you know, how is this different than other places you've worked? And then secondarily, I want to ask another question around the working sessions and whatnot, because it sounds like things are necessary. And I want to know how much remote working might have to do with that versus being in person. Yes, 100%. So, so how is EOS different? I did not come from the EOS world, as I like to say, when I became the integrator here, which is pretty ironic. I came from the financial services industry. And yes, we had morning huddles and other kinds of meeting pulses or cadences, but it was not very intentional. And what I'd say about what we do here at EOS is what we eat our own dog food. We really do run on EOS. And so it creates some real comfort for me that there is a proven system and process that works everywhere for entrepreneurs. And so it actually is a relief having come here. And and I remember saying, where has this been my entire life? I wish I had had this all of those years in the financial Mm, services industry mm -hmm. because it really has helped me to become a, a stronger leader and manager. And then the second question you had had around the virtual nature definitely uh, impacts how you approach. I think it's with intention. You have to be much, much more intentional in communications, just Mm -hmm. generally, 
verbal or written, and also in meetings, and very, very clear and focused about what you're working on. Um, there's not the luxury of the water cooler activity. You can't just run down the hallway. It's, it's much more intentional about how you spend your time and mm-hmm. be proactive. When you're doing anything, solving any issue or tackling it, whatever problem it is, you mu- it's never, ever done. It's never fully solved at the root permanently forever until everybody in that circle is aware of what the decision is and the implications and what it means. And running a virtual organization as we do here at US, it's that discipline and rigor of the communications piece and really nailing and making sure everybody is really in the know, working on the same page and everybody knows what their part or role is in making something come alive or solving an issue. So to summarize what Kelly's saying, I mean, it really comes down to discipline. This is about streamlining, you know, workflow and communication. And when you think about our workforce right now, some of us are in person, some are completely remote, and the rest of us are in the messy middle. And when I listen to this, as you're hearing, it sounds like Kelly, all she does is go to meetings. So, you know, is that your whole job? I mean, this sounds like I'm just going to play play listener right now when I hear you. Do you do anything but meet? Oh, sure. Um, I, I mean, I we really run the, on the time management system of Dan Sullivan, at least, uh, you know, much of the leadership and certainly Mark O'Donnell and myself, which means we have free focus and buffer days. Mm-hmm. And um, so the free days are those days that we plan in advance. Those are vacation days or days when I am very fully not working on anything at all. Focus days are days that I I do my meetings. Those are all day meetings. That's Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. And then buffer days, which is kind of the days when I'm working on the business, thinking about things, um, might be reading proposals or uh, working on my rock scope documents or things like that. And that's Wednesdays and Fridays. So we really work hard to structure our weeks that then make up our months and quarters and years with intention so that there is the hardcore we're going to meet, have these big meeting blocks and make sure everybody's needs are getting met. And then there's the days when I, I actually can sit back and really do the work that an integrator needs to do to, to run the business. Let's draw out just a few of the themes Kelly is focused on. This is about intentional communication, keeping those circles connected, making sure you're planning and prioritizing your people's needs. Really, truly, in a remote environment, we've got to be even more disciplined. And I can't stress that enough because so many of us are having a struggle trying to figure out that virtual first or remote kind of space and what we can't get by running down the hall or overhearing a conversation. That's critical to us having consistent meetings, reinforcing that we are all aligned and saying things the same way. One voice, one vision, one team. I would say whether you're in person or whether you're virtual, just so important to care first and foremost about the communications piece and why does that matter? Because it's all about directing human energy in one singular direction and keeping everybody on the same page. And so, you know, I would just leave you with this, Sue, is 
you know, EOS is an incredible, powerful system and process, but always remember that there's something unique in your gift as a leader that will help you navigate and fine tune that and Mm -hmm. be intentional with what your North star is as a leader. What, what is your legacy? What is the thing that most matters to you? That is your stamp of feeling like you've done the best and right thing that you've served the greater good of your team or your clients or your partners and collaborators. And just use that as your guiding you know, your guiding force. That was such great advice from Kelly, really, truly around leading with your unique ability and helping your team work cohesively, functionally, collaboratively to be aligned, going the same way to make things happen in that 90 day world. That cadence was really what Mary Jane and Kelly brought to the table is building momentum, scaling and growing a company, keeping that together keeps the culture feel much like when you started, even though you're growing a bigger organization. That requires daily care and feeding and accountability across your organization. So as you're listening to this, remember, if discipline isn't your strong suit, and let's face it, it's not for most of us entrepreneurs, seek outside help. Because like all exercise and diet plans, you need a coach outside of you to make sure this happens. Thanks to Jess for the great question and to Mary Jane and Kelly for sharing their wisdom with us. You can learn more at eosworldwide.com. And thank you for listening. Remember, keep kicking butt and taking names on your journey to your EOS life. Strong in Six Traction Week is powered by the 2023 U.S. EOS Conference. Join the EOS community in Indianapolis on April 19th through 21st, 2023 to accelerate your journey to EOS mastery and living your EOS life. Register today at eosconference.com.